You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Greetings. Hello, Ethan of Philippi. Oh, I, you, you made a turn there. I did. Hello, Josiah of Nutterfort. I feel like saying yours was like you live in a much cooler sounding place than. Well, Nutterfort. you say that just because Philippi is like a biblical name, yeah. t- term, place. I, but yours has the word fort in it. It does. I just wish hey, Nutter you, did not precede it. Yeah, know? it's like in it, like in an English term that means a uh, crazy person. Yeah, like I did, like a Nutter. This, this crazy, crazy guy built a fort because he was crazy. <laughs> what is afraid. his Nutter fort? Is that an <laughs> asylum? Is that what it is? <laughs> Yeah, I guess it could be misconstrued, <laughs> and it could. But if you don't, if you d- <laughs> if you don't take that, you could you know you could be like, you know, oh, oh, Josiah, hail, hailing from the Fort of Nutter. That's <laughs> <laughs> you know what I thought that was going to work out better, but it still sounds silly to me coming from my mouth. Oh man, why couldn't have some guy named? It's I mean, probably like, it's probably the, their name though. Yeah, it was. That's I think the history but, is somebody. But like, why wouldn't somebody name like Smith? You know, Smith, like Smith Fort. Smith Fort. I would do that. Or you I know, wonder what his first name was. I don't know. Yeah, don't it's know. crazy. I'm sure you could like find out. I'm sure there's some history written somewhere of the name of that. Yeah, because I'm, I'm thinking he maybe could have had other options. Yeah, to, used his first name mm, probably, middle yeah. name, but he didn't. And we are living in the... In fact, it's, it's convenient that I just found out. It's funny that I delayed, I let us ramble so I could look it up <laughs> as we talked. Because, you know, because one might say that arriving in the 1770s, the families of brothers Thomas, Matthew, John, and Christopher Nutter were the early European settlers to Western Virginia. I wouldn't know that specifically, but that's what I've heard. <laughs> so you could have called it, you know what, Tom Fort. Sounds great. I love that. Name. I Tom like that Fort. a lot. Or I, even like do the like really arcane thing and put Fort first. I mean like Fort Christopher oh, or Fort That Tom. makes all like, of these significantly better. Yeah. I mean, wow, that's good. Yeah. That's good. I, I would, any of those. So we're going to rename you if you're listening, entire township of Nutterfort. <laughs> We've got other plans. <laughs> that's it. I'm going to the next city council meeting. I propose <laughs> renaming <laughs> this town. Oh. Anyway, on to completely unrelated... <laughs> Subject matter. There's there's nothing about what we just rambled on that has anything to do really with it's it's free just with what you're doing. Yeah, just want to know some West Virginia town history. There you have it. But uh, one of the most common verses of scripture I see emblazoned on porch signs and pillows and other (laughs) random household items is Psalm 46. 10a, which says, be still and know that I am God. And I don't think that's because like it's fall and like people put in their fall decor and, yeah, like, on yeah, porches. Yeah, and I'm, like, yeah, yeah. I've, I've actually seen this a lot recently. Really? I guess what, that is what has had it on my mind in particular. I've seen a lot of stuff wow. with these words on them. Okay. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, I happen to love that verse of scripture. Sure. I think it's wonderful. I think it's a good reminder that many of us need to hear over and uh, over again. I, well, I love that we're introducing it through its use in targeted merchandise. Yeah, that's like, you know, like my mom is walking into Pier 1 or wherever they would be and like, oh, yeah, like this will be, you know, nice. It is right next to the Live, Laugh, Love sign. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. But most of the time I see and hear that verse used in such a calming way. Right? Oh, for like sure. That's, that's mm. what you're thinking of when you see that on the porch or yes. on the pillow or, you know, wherever. And, uh, you know, it's it's like that's the verse that people use to reinforce our need for a quiet devotional time with the Lord. Mm. Right? Be still and know that I am God. It's on your bookmarks, you yes. know. It's all that. Yeah, it's all right there. And uh, the, the specific picture that 
often comes into my mind when I see this is of someone, you know, they're sitting out on the porch. They got a cup of coffee, probably both hands around this cup of coffee. So it pro- probably like I've, I've noticed that's a more um, women do that more often than men. I think that's that's a more I, common tendency. Well, You're right doing now, it right I'm now. holding my thermos with both hands. With both hands. Yes, they got both hands around the cup of coffee. Uh, and I don't f- I don't find this natural. <laughs> yeah, it's not natural. They got both hands around it. It's probably in like on a saucer even. You know, I see the saucer. <laughs> see, I don't do a saucer. Yeah, <laughs> they got their hands around it. Their, their Bible is open. Probably got some like some highlights in it, some underlines. And then the birds are singing as the sun rises over a ridge of mountains in the blue and hazy distance. And that's mm. just what I picture. Very picturesque. That is that is what I see. That's just my default go-to. And you know, that's certainly a good practice. Like I'm not actually saying that to like make fun of that even or say like, that's ridiculous. You should need to stop doing that. That's a good thing to do. Uh, we certainly ought to seek those quiet moments to be in God's presence through prayer and scripture reading and so on. Uh, Jesus himself did that. I feel a but coming on. Oh, yes. Well, you know me well because I was going to say, however. Oh, however is even better. However, (laughs) that is not what Psalm 4610a is actually encouraging us to do. That that is not at all what the psalmist had in mind when those words were penned. Dun dun dun! <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a trip. Yeah, everyone's gonna be like thinking like, oh boy, Josiah's spouting heresy now. Like, how could that? You know, because oh, I, mean, I could just hear someone saying, you know, but how can that be? Mm. Like, it seems so straightforward. It, it seems, you know, be still and know that I'm God. Like, how do you? What else could that mean other well, than quiet? You know, just be quiet and and still and silent and solitude, peaceful. Right. You Judging know? from our entire setup and your immediate left turn. I can I can only assume this has to do with context. Wow, it's like you know me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are precisely right. This does indeed present us with one of the most, I think, interesting case studies and how knowing particularly the biblical context of a verse helps us better and more fully understand that particular verse. Okay. So... In our case, if Psalm 4610a is not necessarily encouraging a morning quiet time, then we ask, what Hmm. is it encouraging? I've got some theories, but i got nothing to run them on. (laughs) Many theories. Well, we we will find out here. Let us, you know, just for fun, little exercise here. What does Psalm 46 as a whole say? It's not very long. It's like 12 or 13 verses, right? Psalm 46. You know what I thought you were about to do? I'm sorry. No, I thought you were about to say it's a little exercise. We're going to give you 30 seconds to come up with your own idea. <laughs> and then we're going to tell you you're wrong. Oh. Well, you may have. I, I don't know. Maybe you're thinking of them right now. You know, yeah. if you're thinking, well, if it's not that, Surely then like, what else could it be, yeah. right? So Psalm 46 is a song of praise. Pretty, you know, I mean, generic, I guess. <laughs> Lots of psalms happen to be songs of praise. <laughs> Though actually, uh, a, a vast majority of psalms are psalms of lament. It there is. A lot Very of psalms sad. of lament. Um, so you got those and songs of praise. So, you know, kind of got both ends of the spectrum there. But um, depending on which translation you read, you might see it titled as God is our fortress or God our refuge, Mm, something like that. Sure. Kind of that imagery, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, this is the psalm, actually, from which we get the Lutheran hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Well, that tracks. I think the apocryphal legend is that mm-hmm. he wrote that on, like, the toilet. So I've heard. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but it's funny to imagine him, you know? <laughs> I mean, that that seems like Luther would definitely do. Yes, You know what is. I mean? He yes. would do that. He would do that. It does have a pretty heavy metal opening, if oh. I can continue the musical imagery. Yes. It opens with, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. 
Like that's I mean the earth giving way, yeah. you know, mountains moving into like the just sea. into the heart of the sea like woof that you saw that happening right now. Pretty heavy metal. I'd be pretty freaked out. I would be very spooked. Yeah, like what in the world is happening? I, I'd be a fright. Yes. So the psalmist, on the other hand, unlike cowardly me, is praising the Lord for the fact that even if this like unimaginable scenario of the ground beneath his feet, like if the ground beneath his feet suddenly gave way, he is acknowledging that he knows he would ultimately be safe because God is his refuge. Like okay. even if he was like all these crazy catastrophic events were to happen, the earth destroyed, his life ended, God is holding him and therefore he is safe, which is a pretty wild amount of confidence. Like yeah, you really got to trust that God yeah. is, you know, actually in charge and that he loves you uh, in order to sing that with any truth. So the next stanza moves to describe how God protects his people, not just from such unimaginable natural disasters, but also from the raging and plotting of much stronger nations. So the next stanza says, the nations rage, the kingdoms totter, but he, God, utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I uh, just want to point out, they snuck in the words, the earth melts. Yes. What? Very, I'm not, heavy metal, like the earth melts. Yes. We we took the dial from what was already a nine. I think we're at like 15 now. Yeah, like we are beyond the pale now. All this, all this, I mean, crazy stuff. Like, doesn't matter that these kingdoms that, I mean, if you're thinking as an Israelite, have you ever looked at the geography of ancient Israel? No. They are this little sliver of a country. They have like mountains on one side. They've got the ocean on the other side, surrounded by much bigger and stronger kingdoms. Like just, there's no way they should have survived as long as they did. And so the image you're getting from this psalm is that God is this mighty warrior and that nothing can stop him and that his power cannot be matched by anyone or anything in all of creation, including these much more powerful kingdoms than Israel. And so the idea is that God is fighting for Israel and that even a kingdom, uh, well, I mean, like Egypt, I mean, that's their penultimate. Yeah. That is their ultimate, like, narrative, like, formative event as a nation is the exodus from Egypt. Egypt was the world superpower. (laughs) They they are the antagonist of that story. Yeah. And God was like, like, this is fine. I'll just knock them out with some plagues. I'll just kill every single one of their firstborn sons. Yeah. Like, I'll, uh, yeah, like, oh, I'll march you guys to the sea. Make it pass over them when they try to come yeah. down. All yeah. these things, like just God is—you're not going to stop him. Like if you're with him, you're fine. Even even if you're up against the world's superpower, you'll be fine. So the psalmist concludes with this stanza. He says, "Come, behold the works of the Lord." So he's thinking, like you know, all these things that have happened. Like think about what God has done for us. How he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Again, cannot emphasize this enough. Very heavy metal. Yeah, for flaming chariots and everything, we're there. Yeah, I, just the idea, just God, his works in this particular case, you know, when we think about the works of God, I think we tend to think immediately, oh, like creation. Yeah, beautiful, life-giving. Yes, all these things. things. And what he's saying here is, behold the desolation. Yes. Utterly wreck kingdoms and the earth with. Like, yeah. And the point being, like, everything is subject to his power. Like, nothing can stand against him. Nothing can resist him. Don't fight him. Like, you know, like, submit yourself to him. Come behold his works. Come behold the desolations. And that is when we get to the famous be still verse, where God himself, now, like, it's not the psalmist speaking. It's God speaking when we get to that verse, right? Obviously, we don't know that I'm God. So it's God speaking. And what he's doing, given all this context, is he's speaking to these warring peoples who are rebelling against him, who are fighting against his beloved. He's speaking to them. 
The ones that he's also like just completely decimated, like you know, yeah. shatter their spears, burn the chariot to the fire. And so given everything that we've just read, that is not going to sound like a nice invitation to sit on the porch and read. He's like, come, mm-hmm. you know, come mm-hmm. be still. Yeah. Know that I am God. Right. Like that's that's not a natural reading of that at all. Instead, given the context of what we just read, it would sound more like a king commanding his defeated enemies or perhaps miraculously a king ending like a wicked child's temper tantrum like you're going into like you know you find the despot there and you're like this isn't exactly a perfect image but like i think of when gandalf went into the white hall of gondor and he's like authority is not given to you to deny the return of the king and it's a very like yeah he's here to do business yeah so when you read that verse you shouldn't read it like be still and know that i am god It's more like, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Yeah. And uh, that's more like, he's like, oof. (laughs) Like speaking this, like, like basically like stop your bickering. Like stop warring. Stop this stuff. I'm God. That, and you'll listen. I mean, that, that completely turns the, the the perspective on on how I would expect to hear that verse, or how I would expect to understand it. Like, right? It's that's not even my backup interpretation. My plan B and C were both wrong. <laughs> this is very very different. But like that, it shows how much the context uh, changes how you receive that. Yes, exactly. And the force and the imagery, just like you said. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what you said. You said it even better than I did. <laughs> I don't know. I can't improve on that. You know what I mean? You you nailed it. And that, I think, reinforces why it is so important to know what a whole passage says if you do want to understand a particular verse. I know some people who take the approach that we can't ever just say single verses because people will just misunderstand them. Like, well, no, you can't do that. Like, you're not going to be able to like... Well, Jesus made references to specific... Yes. Small things. Right. Yeah, no. You had to be able to do that. I think it's just important to know what you are saying when you yeah, say those things. Very, so you don't, true. you know, the famous example that gets picked on all the time is Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know oh, the plans yeah. I have for you declares the Lord. You know, like that's true. Like that is a promise Christians can appropriate. Like God knows, God knows the plans he has God for knows you. Them. And they are ultimately, in spite of what may come, to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Like that is all true. But remember, the context is the Israelites, the kingdom of Judah, they just got sent off to exile in Babylon. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, no. Like the temples, like they're not worshiping the temple. All these, that's, oh, that's so sad. That's sad. That's like, that's underwhelming. Like this is a catastrophic event. Utterly catastrophic. We, we don't have categories for imagining what that would be like for us, oh, I don't think. Oh, right. Just can't imagine. And so in the midst of that, God is saying, even in spite of that, I have plans for you. I think it's it shares some connective tissue with with how we approach this verse. Yes, exactly. And that's, I think the point is like Christians, you know, if you want that verse like on the embroidered pillar on your front porch, that's fine. I think actually it will have a more significant meaning for you when you understand it in its context. Because you may, you know, as you're sitting down and starting your day, just as a theoretical example, you know, like let's say you're doing that, you're having your morning quiet time and you're, you got your Bible open and you're praying, but you have all these anxieties warring within you, which is yeah. imagery that scripture later uses, all these anxieties, all these things warring within you. Instead of saying, like, I just, oh, be still. You can hear God speaking those words to you as in saying, be still, like to your anxieties, to the things that are warring within you, be still and know that I am God. And it changes the force of it completely. And I think that just gives you a whole different point of application to it. And of course, ultimately, again, that is true for the Christian. But even at the end of the day, the the consummate application of that verse will be when Jesus returns and every knee bows and he says, be still. Like, everyone, stop your warring. Stop your bickering. I am God. I'm making wars to cease to the ends of the earth. Like, I'm going to not only break 
the spear and stop you from using the sword, I'm going to turn that sword into a plowshare, uh, beat that spear into a pruning hook, and we're going to recreate all things. And so that's the penultimate, or should I say the ultimate application of that verse. I think, I mean, not only does that understanding change how you um, observe and understand that verse, it also changes your pillow, because now you're going to have to go home and chain stitch some flames. <laughs> and you're going to have to, you're going to have to chain stitch a melting earth. It's really going to, it will change your decor. It will change your home interior signs. You know? It'd be much more uh, heavy metal. Yeah, you could, it. you could, in fact, use, you could use metal. <laughs> you could, you know what I mean? You could weld it, weld, weld it together. Um, I really don't know how to approach these types of crafts. <laughs> that's me if that's not clear. Um, but I trust you. I trust you, dear listeners, to add those flames and those melting earths. You, yep. You got it. You've got it. Mm. Yes. So it's from the, that's Psalm 4610A for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Flames and melting earths. I love it. So if you have any other questions about that and you want to email us, you can do that at podcast at horizonschurch.net. Mm-hmm. You can interact with us on social media. And if you were helped by this episode and, you know, you did, you know, you're like, I'm changing my pillows, yeah. changing my decor now. Send us, a, send us a picture. Yeah. Also leave us an honest five-star review. That, that oh, that's You know, improve mm. your home decor. It's fall, autumn, you know, winter, <laughs> all these things, you know, whatever. Oh. So, uh, yeah. Thank you as always for listening and uh, we'll catch you next time. Mm.